welcome to the Mmm Podcast. Uh, as as always, I'm your host Dakota, joined by my co-hosts Ray and Aaron. Uh, we're we're happy to be here. We're having a good day. It's beautiful outside. Really enjoying the weather today. Uh, it's it's a beautiful day out. Um, today we have a pretty good themed episode planned for you. We wanted to kind of talk about some of our favorite things: is uh, DC EU, the DC Entertainment Universe, versus the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, which is technically an entertainment universe now because they have the TV shows in there. So, uh, without further ado, we're just going to have kind of a casual conversation about it. Uh, we'll, we'll record it, and we'll, you know, tell it, we'll, we'll tell you how we feel about it, our, our different opinions on it, different things that we like about it. We, we all have, are pretty caught up in most of it, at least for the most part. Um, I'm not as familiar with DC, but, but luckily we have a DC fanboy over here in Ray. Uh, he knows everything there is about DC. Um, but we're all pretty good on track with it, so... Uh, yeah. So I think starters. Well, let's let's throw the elephant in the room here. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. This is coming from a DC fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> the MCU did it better. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, so they yeah. So let's start with let's start with that. So I think the big thing is that the way the MCU put their movies together and rolled out their movies, I think was very 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 smart because when Iron Man came out, we didn't know the plan going forward. Yeah, we knew that they were going to do a lot of Iron Mans. We knew they were going to do Marvel movies, but we had no idea what it would turn into, right? And so about halfway through Iron Man, or not halfway through Iron Man, halfway through Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC's like, we got to do something. You know, people are forgetting what DC even is. You know, we're not selling as many comics. No, Nobody knows as much anymore because we have some shows out there like Arrow and stuff like that, but not, not many people know about us we've had a couple superman movies we got the dark knight trilogy that came out but we don't have a big connected universe like marvel does and so they're like we got to do something so i think they kind of rushed into it right so what do you what do you guys think what's your take on that kind of just overall the dcu and how they approached it versus the marvel cinematic universe yeah i think it's just differences in timing so by the time like marvel hit they weren't acquired by disney yet and so they haven't fallen into it was new superhero movies were just very serious at this point. You had some kooky ones like Daredevil. Um, even the Hulk still wasn't um, a Marvel property. It was still under Fox, I think. Paramount. Paramount, Paramount. Yeah. you're right. Because um, Iron Man 1 was Paramount as well. Yep. And so like you have this weird, like the first Iron Man set the tone. And and I just actually rewatched this. It really was the start of something new. They didn't fall into that trope. They didn't fall into a lot of these origin stories. They gave you everything you needed to know without having to really bog you down and dumb it down for a lot of people who don't know comics. Now we're in the era of like, boom, we can skip over a lot of this early stuff and give you the meat, which I think Iron Man came out 2006, roughly 2007. Yeah, roughly around there. Dark Knight... <clears throat> The Dark Knight came out in 2008. Yeah, yeah. so my wife and I are, <clears throat> are going through the uh, all the Marvel movies from the beginning in just the order they came out in. And so I think my view on Iron Man in general is if, like now looking back at it, like it's a good movie, but it was really slow. Like half of that movie takes place in that little cave. More than half of it takes place in the cave of him getting out, which is a great origin 
of how he became who he is. But if you kind of came out with that nowadays, like everybody loves fast-paced superhero movies. Yeah. So I think the way Iron Man is kind of a, a lightning in a bottle in in a way because that's they they could get away with that at the beginning. But I think that's maybe what brought DC was like, well, we can't really do that. You know, we're gonna have to really just have action, right? So they brought Zack Snyder into it, and he's known for action and big set pieces because they're like we have to have the attention of people and and their their attention is that they want action they want superheroes they want fighting like that because iron man's a great movie but i think it evolved the superhero the super the way that the superhero movies evolved through the mcu universe was very much more fast-paced as it went on yeah like you could even look like guardians of the galaxy right like that movie is pretty fast-paced all the way through and it's one of the better marvel movies there's not really a slow one um, even even the first Thor, while not like amazing, like yeah. even that one was pretty slow. Like the first oh, couple so Marvel slow. movies were very very slow. And now you Again, look at it, that's like, world building. Like they had right. so much backstory, yeah. that it it was new. It's like yeah. we actually do have to kind of right. cover all of this. Yeah, and yeah, that first Thor movie was so kind of minimal. Nothing happens. Other than everything happens. It was a good setup. And the only way you could get away with that in a movie universe, like a connected movie universe, is to have so many movies come out afterwards that build onto that. Because you wouldn't be able to come out with a single movie now on its own that has the kind of build up that Iron Man did. Right? Because it had built up this character and then it just ended. You couldn't do that with a normal movie. You had to have that as the beginning of a whole franchise and just... Yeah. There's so much stuff now. All the shows coming out now, like... Well, I mean, one thing to think about, too, is back in that time, you know, back when those movies were coming out, there was nothing like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what right. our expectations of those movies then was that. Mm-hmm. So, we thought at that time, it was a great movie. And so, we keep moving on, moving forward, and they start becoming more fast-paced, becoming more intricate stories. Then we go back and watch it again, and we're like, oh, I don't remember this being, like, I remember it being a lot better than this, right? And so I think, you know, like you were just talking about with DCU, like they realized that they're, they kind of dropped the gun there because Marvel's already passed their Avengers movie, like their main team-up movie, and, and they're barely going to start. Yeah. And Justice League, arguably, in comics, is bigger than the Avengers For sure. in yeah. comics ever was. Yeah. People are like, Justice League comic books are the team-up books. Yeah. Right? And Avengers had their time. Avengers have had good things, but it's always... I, there's always so much with Justice League as being the Justice League, right? And so they had to, I think they had to bring that in there and be like, people want Justice League. We can't, we can't go slowly into this because Avengers just came out. So we can't just have years and years of movies building up to the Justice League because we got to compete with with Avengers, right? And even though Justice League did come out after, I mean, I still think Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman was in a way Justice League, right? Because yeah. it had those characters in there. I mean, with those movies, you could even tell watching the movie. Like, even with Man of Steel, where it was just about Superman, you could tell that that movie was going fast-paced. Yeah. Like, it was going from one 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 spot to another spot to another spot. Like, there, it was not... I had to skip forward. Yeah. It wasn't well-paced like Iron Man was. It wasn't your Smallville yeah. pre-origin story. It was like, you need to be Superman in an hour. Yeah. I mean, with that being said, though, I, I, I still I still love Man, Man of Steel. Yeah. I still think that that is a visually amazing movie. And while I may argue a few plot points, I think that that's a good story of Superman. 
and it's the first time, at least since, what's Richard Donner's Superman 2, even though he didn't direct, I mean, he got taken off that project, but yeah. it's the first time you actually finally get to see Superman hit something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was always been my biggest complaint. Like, I see Superman hitting stuff in the comics, but I haven't seen it in the movies yet. For sure. And I think a lot of what DC had to offer and why everyone, like, thinks or just kind of remembers DC differently is the animated series. Yeah. Like, the 90s was huge for DC. They got picked up and they had so many different properties, you know, just because of how much content was being put out. Like, we all know DC well enough, if not more than some others. Um, And that's because... They had so many different lineups, especially Batman. Um, you didn't have that with Marvel. Marvel. I think that's the frustrating part, though, when you think about DCU, mm-hmm. is they have so many so different, much. wonderful, amazing stories yeah. that could have easily they could have easily used to set up something properly and not rushed. For sure, and it's hard when they've had some flops. Yeah, I mean that brings up a really good point. I think one of the main differences between just Marvel in general is, and DC is. Um, I've talked about this before, but Marvel has, in my opinion, and I think I think it's very kind of widely agreed upon. Marvel in general has better heroes, just overall, more more depth to their superheroes, in general. Um, besides, obviously, a couple DC ones, but if you look at overall, Marvel just has more heroes that people care about, I think, than the DC does. Um, which I mean, it's arguably right, like. It could go back and forth. If you like DC more, you like DC heroes. But I think it goes the other way, where DC, their villains are significantly better a lot of the time than Marvel villains. Yeah. Just fleshed out-wise in the comics, like, there's nobody in the Marvel Universe like the Joker. Yeah. There's nobody that causes as much chaos and just, like, has depth of character like the Joker does in the Marvel Universe, in the DC Universe. There's nobody in the Marvel Universe that has that. Even in the comics, right? So they have a lot more to work with, I think, in different ways and and that they can show off. And I think DC did approach villains pretty good when with Dark Knight in that trilogy. Um, but I think when it came down to Man of Steel and those movies, I think they really lost an opportunity there with yeah. how they treated some of those villains, and that really could have made those movies shine a little bit more. Yeah, I think they tried to make it more just realistic in that degree, where they wanted to humanize it as best as they can without making it a superhero movie, which is weird. They they were trying to take the Nolan approach. For sure. Yeah, you can totally see that when, influence. When you're thinking about Batman, Batman you can totally take a grounded approach because his character's already set up for that. But when you're talking about Superman... You're talking about Aquaman. You're talking about Wonder Woman. I mean, you're talking about, like, a guy, like an alien from space that crash lands on Earth. I mean, I, I again, I, like I said, I love Man of Steel. I love how they took that. And they definitely, I think they, I think for what they were given, they did well of bringing Superman more to a grounded approach. But at the same time, I think that, that you can't make a Superman movie like a Nolan Dark Knight movie. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean the difference in a lot of the difference in the, in the heroes is a lot of the heroes in DC are from other worlds. Yeah. Um, pretty much most of them. I mean, Batman and maybe a couple others in DC are the only ones that are actually from Earth. 
right? That just get powers. There's yeah. a good they amount. Do it that way. There's they, a they there's like a good amount. Made of like, humans from Earth. Yeah, right. But, but not as much as Marvel, right? And yeah. most of them from Marvel are. Well, X Men it just completely. Yeah. Like that is like their spore. Like they're right. like that is just a good plot point of like we can do whatever we want. You're a mutant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I, like, and I think you that's. Boom. I think that's why you can kind of connect with them better in the Marvel, at least in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, but but DC, like, they obviously, like, all of their superheroes are so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, they can do a lot. Like, it would be really hard to write villains that can, that are against that yeah. kind of power, right? And so that's why I think they had to write villains that were so good. Because they're, they're like, Superman could literally do anything. Yeah. Right? So they had to have a villain come along and do that. And so at some point, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger of, of you know, things they have to fight. That like that that's what the focus has to be on because they can pretty much do anything that like nobody really cares as much about the characterization of the heroes in that aspect is like the fact that like it doesn't matter because they can do anything you know yeah. like Superman isn't from Earth so I don't connect with him as much but he does have to fight like Zod who is just as who has to be more powerful than him or just as powerful as him to even compete to even have a good fight. That's why I feel like with with DC. Um, at least from what I've seen in, in the movies and the shows, especially recently with Superman and Lois, I think that because of how powerful those superheroes are, it's very important to focus on, you know, what are the things that, what are the vulnerabilities of them, the things that they struggle with? Because that, that in itself opens up a lot of doors for a very character-driven story. I mean, that's why, I mean, look at the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, you could argue that, you know, you could definitely see that in all the movies, but, like, when you look back at, like, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, and, I mean, really, even the first Batman, Batman Returns, like, yeah. yeah, you know that he's doing this because his parents were killed, yada, yada, but you just get a glimpse of that, and that's it. In Batman Begins, you see how that completely changes his whole world and how that affects him. When we look at Marvel, it's almost like, the op- opposite approach because they're more relatable yeah. because they're more grounded. They're, they're they're a lot more heroes in you know on Earth. Like look at Spider Man; he's probably the most relatable character ever. Oh yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. That's why he's probably <clears throat> the most popular, probably the most popular superhero of all time. I would say Spider Man. Yeah. So I mean, I, if I you just, were to ask anybody they, that knows superheroes yeah. or doesn't know superheroes, a lot of them know Spider Man. Yeah. So yeah. I I think Disney and and when Paramount had him, I think that their approach to those characters was done very very well because everybody they're likable characters and that was always my biggest complaint not with man of steel but once we got to batman v superman that was my major complaint is we have two very like you would you need to like these characters but they're two very unlikable characters because it's just a very sour Mm -hmm. and grim story yeah and i think my thing with batman versus superman And the reason, the thing I've just stuck on is like I like Batman a lot, right? And I think the reason that that movie didn't on Batman, it was so different than any Batman we'd seen, and even yeah. in the comics, yeah. for most of the comics, that like it didn't have as much of an origin behind that as I would have liked to warrant that kind of change in Batman's yeah. character. So I think I was more blinded by my dislike of how they treated Batman. And how that movie kind of played out, despite some other flaws, obviously. But I think if they would have had a Batman movie on its own, which I guess Batman vs. Superman kind of was in a way, 
But, like, well, they would have had a Batman movie on its own that mm-hmm. was part of that DC universe that they were trying to do. Because Dark Knight Trilogy is not part of that universe. Yeah, no. It's not connected, right? But that's kind of why. Like, you needed... Mm-hmm. You needed a, a bat flick before <clears throat> because not only are you jumping into a new Batman property, you're jumping into a new yeah. Batman. Well, Batman's kind of like the Spider-Man of of DC, right? Like it's yeah. the biggest DC hero by yeah. far. I would, but, oh well, yeah, popularity yeah. wise, right? Popularity can, wise, would, yeah. It's not like Ben Affleck had some really good movies come out before <laughs> Batman versus yeah. Superman, and like the last like thing he did was a drama, and the way back. I think that's what it was. That's the last one he did. And the last superhero superhero movie he touched was Daredevil, and at that, so you have to sub like subconsciously. (laughs) Hot take. Yeah, that's what you're coming into. I don't think it's a hot take, right? Nobody likes Daredevil. I don't like the movie. The movie, the show is great, but the movie. I don't want to put all the blame on Ben Affleck. No, but I actually liked him. Yeah, he did a good job. The story was terrible. Oh yeah, but you have to like that's what. You gotta think of before you saw it. Yeah. Like, that was a big thing. It's part of the reason why I never saw it in theaters. Yeah. It's like, I'm not wasting my money on something that is gonna disappoint me. And he is an actor who, if he's in something, especially a superhero movie, I'm probably not gonna see on the first watch. Which Uh, is crazy because I actually, he was like my, probably my favorite part in that movie. Yeah. You know, I I know. And so, what's, you know, what's funny with that movie is I, the way they approach Batman, I actually didn't mind that. Like, because it, it's, you know, because I've read a lot of those... Bat- Batman's my favorite superhero, guys. So I've read a lot of those comics, so I'm familiar with that take of Batman. I think what what I didn't like about that movie was their take on Superman. Yeah, I, I agree. When you when you talk about Batman and Superman, Superman's supposed to be the balance. Where Batman's the, the dark part of that, but he's always that light of hope. But they were both dark. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I am dark. I'm dark. And there was We can only be dark together. There was a line that Superman said in that movie that really rubbed me the wrong way where he said that nobody stays good in this world. And that is not something yeah. that Superman would ever say. And I get what they were trying to do, but that I I I personally think that's why that movie didn't work. And then it, what's frustrating is it's like a complete three, 360 at the very end of the movie because now Bruce Wayne's saying that Superman was a beacon of light. Yeah. And he's wanting to right his wrongs, but it's... It, no, and that's only after Superman dies, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And but but if it wasn't... DCEU hadn't earned yeah. that yet. There's no justification yeah. for it. Yeah. Even though they tried to put it in the movie, it felt flawed. Yeah, and it you felt know? just rushed. Yeah. Let's talk about like the treatment of the villains, though, too. Like I want to bring that up as well. Like... I said D- DC has better villains, but I feel like with those movies, they really kind of just they they really just did not approach the villains no. correctly. Like like look at Aquaman, right? Like Black Manta is legit. Like Black Manta is one of my favorite villains in the DC universe in general. Like he's so, he's so cool. Like he he's he's always like it, it, it. There's always just great scenes with Black Manta in there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they just they they didn't they they mandarined him. Yeah, you know, like how they did with the Mandarin in Iron Man three, they did the same thing with with Black Manta, and I feel like Iron Man three came out before Aquaman. They should have learned from that. Yeah. Everybody hated yeah. what they did with the Mandarin in Iron Man three. Funny enough, people still really highly rate that movie. I like and that like, movie. Ben and it's, Kinsley, it's well done. Like, I don't know. It's it's a weird movie where I think you have to be at a certain age. It's that Gremlins effect. 
I but, appreciate the take that yeah. they took something different. Yeah, yeah. that's something uh, you know for filmmakers. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's just I don't know if I that one's probably yeah. not my favorite one. Doesn't well, mean I, I yeah. like it. I liked Iron Man three, right? Yeah. Um, but it's a good I do Christmas think, movie. I do understand it's a good Christmas movie. It is. I do understand uh, why people didn't like the Mandarin. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of a, a, cop a out. Bait. it was a it was a cop out, kind of like a bait to get you to watch the movie because you yeah. knew he was going to be in there, and then nothing happened, right? But with Black Manta. You know, the first part of Aquaman is Black Manta getting a backstory with his dad and everything and in the submarine yeah. and you think he's gonna be this huge character and like super cool, but then he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like they totally waste him. Yeah. Like completely. And like why even put he that whole first saved. part of that movie if he doesn't do anything? He should have been saved for a sequel, and then the main the first movie should have been specifically about him regaining back, you know, what is his in Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then folks, because while those scenes were really cool with Black Mana, they, they really didn't, they didn't have, they didn't had no reason to really be in there. Yeah. That whole fight on land was pretty sweet. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's the, that's the, the biggest, that's the biggest thing with DCEU is their, their, their visuals and everything yeah. like that. Their spectacle and their epicness is always there, but their storytelling is always lacking. Now, Let's talk about the one movie, though. The one movie out of all of those movies that stands out to a truly well-made, just solid superhero movie. She's like, Joker! Wow, I'm actually surprised you guys didn't name this one. I mean, those are good, but I mean, <laughs> the first Wonder Woman... Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I was thinking, I was thinking villains. I was talking about a good movie. I yeah. just love Zachary Levi. Shazam is good, yeah. I, so the first Wonder Woman is hard for me. Only because it does feel really shot for shot from Captain America. And it doesn't stand out for me as a repeatable movie. It's a good movie and I'll watch it. But it's not one I gravitate to. Not like the first Thor or the first uh, Iron Man. Even the first Captain America, I'm like, Ugh, it's good, but it's nothing like... I want to go watch that. Yeah, I, I want, want Civil War. I love First Captain America. <laughs> I say Captain it's... America. They're my favorite. They're my favorite oh, yeah. movies. They're sure. good, but if I'm watching a superhero, I'm probably gonna watch Guardians. Yeah. Or I'm probably gonna watch something else. Like there has to give you a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wonder Woman, I skip what an hour into it to get to that battle scene, and that's about it. Like I, it's hard for me to justify watching it. I'll probably watch Wonder Woman one more than I watched Wonder Woman. Then give me start. You know that's a hot take. We'll take. We'll yeah. talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, no, that was <laughs> that was a shining moment for DC. Yeah, like it was yeah. a good movie. Yeah. But Captain America, I think, did it first. I think. I think what I'm happy with DC now is that they're accepting the fact that they're not going to be able to compete with mm-hmm. Marvel, which. That's okay. Nobody's expecting that. I think that the fact that they decided, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna really take advantage of the multiverse, and just start making DC movies. Right. And I know? think what's interesting, if you look at it, is I saw a, I saw like a, an old timeline that they came out with before Batman vs Superman came out, mm-hmm. where they had what they were gonna do with like Shazam, uh, Green Lantern Corpse. You know all those all the movies that they had planned for the Snyderverse, yeah, that they were gonna do, and then it got completely derailed. Obviously, when Justice League just was oh. a complete disaster when it came out, and yeah. it lost all moment all momentum that it had, um, and nobody wanted to see a DC movie, yeah. and they were hated on it so much. 
which I think it's. I thought it was really interesting that they brought Aquaman out after that. Yeah. Because it's so, especially so close to it. Because Aquaman came out what the year after Justice League. I'm pretty sure. That or they, was the they same were, movie. They were already starting production. Right. They had already right made when it. Justice League was right. You know, about to release. Right. Which which was really interesting. Um, but Aquaman's good on its own. You know, I'm. You know, I'm Aquaman's kind of Aquaman. a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. That's one of those. Movies like not just because it's DC, but one yeah. of those movies that I can throw on and I'll enjoy watching it. Yeah, and I think if you take um, all the Black Manta parts out of it, like we were saying, yeah. like it's really good. Um, but like, I, what I, I mean, what I was getting at is like they did, they just lost all their momentum with Justice League, and nobody cared about yeah. the team up, you know. And then at the same time as Justice League was coming out, they were building up the Infinity War for sure and yeah. Endgame and stuff like that and you could not compete with that with what you had they were just picking the wrong time I, yeah. so I think a lot of it has to do with your perspective so like yeah what actors do I want to see like take take that out of the equation like superheroes in general the actors sell a movie for a reason yeah. and there's Henry Cavill is good but he doesn't sell me as Superman. I'll go see him as yeah. Superman, but he doesn't sell me on it. Robert Downey Jr. sells Iron Man. Yeah. And I want to see what he has to do, even when it's a bad Iron yeah. Man 3. Yeah. I watched that twice in theaters, and I didn't like it each time. <laughs> I mean, even people people don't even like Iron Man 2. And I, Iron Man 2 is my favorite of the Iron Man. Yeah. I really like Iron Man 2. Well, yeah. But... It's also because of Robert Downey's character in that. I think he just killed it in that role. I would argue, too, though, with, with characters. Like, initially, when they... I didn't know who Chris Hemsworth was when he... When Thor came out. He had some, like, yeah. I've grown to like him, and oh, now for sure. I can't... Oh, you know, yeah. and I think that's one of those things with like, mm-hmm. a lot of those actors, especially with the MCU, yeah. is, like, we've grown with them through yeah. those movies. So even if you're not familiar with them, you grow with them as the next movie comes out. And right, the next right. movie comes out. You know what I mean? So, like, Henry Cavill, for example... I, I agree with you. Like if I he hasn't convinced me yet, but the problem is, is the studio hasn't let that happen. Yeah, and I totally agree. And I think the studios are the biggest part. Where I think a lot of these things we want these superhero movies, but I think honestly they do better our shows. Yeah. I think if you and you could see that in um, the Marvel shows, yeah. where they don't have the budget. And they're not trying to accomplish these great things, but man, do they oh, sell really that? St- like, oh yeah, that's what they should have yeah. done from the beginning: is have these miniseries, big movie. Right, the, right. That's where it shines because WandaVision, I won't recommend it to a lot of people, but I still think everyone should watch it. Oh yeah, like definitely. The thing with WandaVision though is like you can't really watch WandaVision until you watch the other Marvel movies. Like, it's hard to watch it on its own. I mean, you can, but you're going to be very confused. And that's why we're watching all the Marvel movies is because my wife watched it with me. And she was like, I had to explain a lot of it, which I'm fine doing because I know all that. But if you didn't know anything going into it, like, that's that's really disorienting. Mm -hmm. Same with Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Like, they talk about the blip a lot, which is the five years in time before Mm -hmm. Endgame when they brought everybody back. And that's like... A huge point of that movie and what the villains in that movie are doing and everything or show sorry what the villains in that show are doing and so if you don't know anything about that like yeah. you, you you don't right and i think that's what dc even though arrow and the cw verse was not a part of the dc eu in general while arrow and flash have their have their problems <laughs> i think that the the what that's what they get right mm-hmm. you can yeah. jump into it and you know what you're doing 
because they don't have it connected. I mean, I guess you could say Marvel did the same thing with Daredevil and Jessica Jones and yeah. everything, but at the same time, those weren't family-oriented. No. Like, families watch superhero stuff together. Like, younger kids watch that, right? They're, a younger kid, if he goes into Jessica Jones and stuff, it's a lot darker. Yeah. And then I think he We he teach should, that kid how to handle. grow up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you can go into Arrow and... I don't know. That first <laughs> season of Arrow is really dark. That yeah. has to do with drugs. I, that, and... That's a bad example. Arrow's, yeah. Arrow's a little the, rough. Probably the Flash. You could probably, probably go into the, the first season. You can probably go into all of the Flash, yeah. and you really enjoy that. You know, like, I still I mean, enjoy if, it. Yeah, I still I, I like the Flash. There was a lot of questionable things down in the later seasons, but I like the Flash. It's a really well done show. Yeah. You can really connect that. I wish it was connected to the movie universe. Yeah. I wish what DC would have done. It kind of is. Like, well, yeah, you would think. I mean, they had. I, well, I Mar- wish Marvel is for sure. They're yeah. really planting that out. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, D- the um, WB heads are always, they want to keep it separate. Yeah. And our arguments, like, you realize you have such a good opportunity. Yeah, you have such a gold mine. We're like, they're the already shows. trying to cast, they, they're already rumored casting choices for Arrow. It's hard because you want this as a just a yeah. product. You don't want to have to. Buy a burger, and now you have to wear a Burger King sticker on you. Let's jump into that real quick, though. Like, Instagram likes and all that, and hashtags. That is the only reason the Snyder Cut exists. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, dro- I'll drop, like, there's one podcast I listen to. Um, one of the main guys, Greg Miller, he's been in the Nerdverse for a while, yeah. right? He worked for IGN. He has yep. his own kind of funny kind of studio now. He literally, probably single-handedly got the Snyder Cut to exist. I would say that he he <laughs> believes that himself. Greg Miller says a lot of things. He has a lot. Of, I know he has a lot of influence in that space. Yeah, he knows a lot of people. But for years and years, he was like, "Release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut." Like he relentlessly tweeted that, relentlessly like campaigned for them to release the Snyder Cut. And when it finally did, seeing his reaction was just incredible <laughs> because like obviously it wasn't just him, and then the studios had some play in that where. Yeah. They later on, Zack Snyder, after he dealt with all of his family things going on, um, he came back and he's like, I want everybody to see this because Justice League had lost so much momentum for DC that they were like, we need to do something. We'll we'll step back. Warner Brothers is like, we're going to step back because we're the reason that these movies have struggled so much because we're putting so much onto them to connect because we have so much pressure from Marvel, right? Even though Marvel had the formula going where they... You know they had what that what they had going, um, but I think that you know you release the Snyder cut, release the Snyder cut, release the Snyder cut. You know they're always seeing that, and they also had that going on in the background where they where they wanted to do well, that. that campaigning too. People putting right. more money in. Yeah, and I think yeah. that was like the biggest kind of campaign I've seen from social media. Yeah, to have something like that movie exist, right? Like I I don't want to say that it wouldn't have existed without that without people pushing back at them. But it very possibly could have never came out if, if influencers and people like yeah. that didn't say, release a Snyder Cut. You know, and, and they're doing so many things like that now where they want people to release the true product of, of yeah. what the movie's supposed to be. Which I think for like filmmakers, that's... It's you know, keeping it's a, them you know, accountable. Well, right? it, well, it's keeping studio heads accountable because I mean, you've got a lot of filmmakers that want to release their vision, mm-hmm. but you've got studios telling you've got to cut out this much or that much mm-hmm. we don't want that we don't want this so that's why you know with, with certain studios that respect people's vision mm-hmm. I, I like that you know what I mean and and it 
with this whole Snyder Cut thing, like, and I know that you guys haven't seen it, so we won't dive into that, but just, just the approach to that in general, um, you know, giving him the ability to fulfill his vision, at, you know, because because he couldn't, because he had to, you know, take care of a loss that he had in his family. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. But, the you know, I it's also their fault, too. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I... In my personal opinion, they, well, it's not even opinion. I mean, I think we all know this. They, they they specifically did this because HBO Max came out. So what better way to market HBO Max mm. than to no? You're totally right. To release the Snyder like, Cut HBO, on HBO Max. Max right? When they had the idea for HBO Max, I'm sure that they were like, we need to have something with DC in there. Yeah. I mean, they moved DC Titans, they moved Doom Patrol, and all those shows over. But they like, we need to get something out there, and they're like, what better time to put out the Justice League, you know, Snyder Cut, right? Like. Snyder's back. He wants to do this. We're never going to get to the place where we can do the plan that we wanted yeah. to do in the first place. But we can get the momentum back, at least for DC movies, by by releasing this this cut that Snyder did, and now people will be excited about it. Which the crazy thing about that to me is that technically the the stuff that the studio got when he left it was already finished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why are you doing reshoots? what is the what are you trying to do you know and and at first i was putting a lot of blame on josh whedon but i a lot of that blame kind of shifts to the studio yeah because yeah i i still don't understand what josh whedon's idea was about taking scenes out putting new scenes in because once you guys watch that cut you're going to say the same thing that i said why was that taken out because i'm talking like Little tiny things that could have easily been in the two-hour cut mm-hmm. that would have made, would have made it sense. way better. And so, <clears throat> I don't know. And it, but also, though, you look at the Snyder Cut, and I, while I haven't seen it yet, I mean, I hear about things like at the very end where they bring Jared Leto's Joker in there, you know, and his take on Joker is so controversial, and in my opinion, bad, mm-hmm. that, like, why would Zack Snyder bring that in there when it had nothing to add to the movie? So right? he did that because, and I was reading an article about this, so he wasn't in the original cut. Mm. The Joker scene wasn't in the original cut. Um, I don't want to say this one other person, but there's another piece that wasn't in the original cut. Um, but what he had stated was that, you know, he'd been given this opportunity to bring his work and um he just figured you know what this is the last time that i'm gonna get to do this and i've always wanted to do a joker and batman conversation yeah and so he just said you know what i'm gonna go ahead and do it and we're gonna just put it in there Mm -hmm. and so that's from what i read i don't i can't confirm if that's correct but from the article that I read that sounded like he just he wanted to do that because this is going to be kind of his last take with Justice League, so he wanted to add it in there. Right. But um, I mean, other than those few scenes, yeah, it, literally everything was already done and complete. And I think we'll do a bigger Justice League reaction once we all watch yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's something that we can talk about and maybe like a, uh, um, you know, at a separate time. Yeah. But overall, it's good to look at it as part of the DCU versus the MCU and. And how they both have approached their movies. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, overall, I think we've made some good points about what we think about both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to have, it's good to have a somebody who enjoys DC a lot more, and somebody who, and some of us who like Marvel a little bit more, right? It's good to have that kind of take, um, to kind of see both of these sides. 
Um, and and it, I definitely want to go back and watch the DC movies uh, and, and put them all together. And, and now with HBO Max, it makes it very possible to do that. Um, I'm very kind of excited to do that after I, um, you know, at the same time as Marvel, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's good. So do you guys have any final final thoughts on this whole thing? Yeah, it uh, definitely gets harder to, like, we're very blessed. We get to enjoy a lot of nerd culture. Uh, keep in mind, 15 years ago, people were getting beat up, you know, or just made fun of for liking yeah. all the things that's popular today. Yeah. Um, so it's very awesome we get all this amazing content we get to be annoyed about. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, now that life is changing, you have to look at where media is going, uh, and streaming services. I think the hardest part about now is you're paying 80 to $90 if you want to watch all of your stuff. Yeah. And that's a, that's a subject for another, um, episode, but yeah, it's like, where do you spend your time? And on top of that, we have lives. (laughs) So it gets harder and harder to sit down and watch a four hour long movie. Yeah. Um, when I could watch another four-hour show yeah. or it's four nice, episodes. It's nice that we have the opportunity. For sure. Not, I guess for my ending note, I guess, you know, when we're this this being the topic of the MCU versus the DCU, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we can sit and talk about the things that we like, we dislike, but ultimately, when you guys think about it, us as nerds loving to read comics, like, we're in our... This is like oh, a prime age prime, for us. Prime. Because even if the movie's bad, yeah. or it's not that good, we're still getting our favorite heroes oh, yeah. in a movie. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just happy that I get to see all of these heroes from Marvel and from DC show their time on the screen. Right, I right. think that's really cool. I agree. Something we should all be appreciative of, you know. And and and, st- and I wouldn't be able to make a movie like that. Oh no! If I was to make uh, a DC movie, it would be horrible, right? Like you, nobody would. Yeah. It would it would be like yeah. Spider Man three. Right? <laughs> like it would be bad. Or or the Last Airbender. Dare I say Ooh. it? You know, I gotta go take a shower now. <laughs> but if I made a movie, it'd be like that. So I, it it definitely is something where it's good to take that into perspective, yeah. right? Like they, yeah. everybody has a different vision for yeah. these heroes. And so, there's a lot of people who really like the DC movies that mm-hmm. I don't enjoy as much. Um, you, you could say that about any movie, you yeah. know, different visions. So, I think what they're doing, they know they have an audience for it. Marvel knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's a good take for it. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's our conversation on MCU versus DCU. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, thanks for listening.